It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. So blessed to be with you for the next hour. I am Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado, and I am ready to take your calls. As you just heard the number, 303-690-3000. We'd love to talk with you and converse with you about the Word of God. Maybe you have a question that has come up and you've been wanting to ask your pastor. Maybe you haven't had time to or the ability to be able to ask him. One of the things that I've realized that as we have three Sunday morning services, there are people that are waiting to talk with me and say hello, but we don't always get a chance to just be able to talk about uh, the things of the Scripture or answer questions uh, as we are saying hello to everybody and greeting them and saying goodbye in between services, kind of shuffling people in and out. And so this is your opportunity. Maybe that question came up with uh, last week's teaching, uh, Bible study, uh, whatever your own devotions has brought up. I'd love to hear from you and help you and walk you through the scriptures as best I can, give you some clarity and understanding. So 303-690-3000, maybe you got some questions about Christian living, uh, maybe current events that are going on. How does it affect us as Christians? How should we respond to it? And so let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about the truth of God's word. Uh, and maybe you have prayer requests. I'm here ready to take your prayer requests. And I just want to be able to encourage you uh, to be able to pray with you and all of us that are listening on Grace FM all along the front range in Colorado, 101.7 in Southern Colorado. Welcome, guys. Would love to hear from you down in Colorado Springs and Fountain and down in Pueblo. Uh, give us a call. And uh, the number's the same for you, 303-690-3000. And then 89.7 here in Northern Colorado from Castle Rock up into Southern Wyoming, even the panhandle of Nebraska. Powerful signal up here. Give us a call, uh, and uh, let's talk about the Lord and the Word of God. 303-690-3000, and lines are open right now, waiting for you to to dial in, and uh, let's have a wonderful show. Also, there is a means for you to be able to text a question in, and that text line is 720-336-0897. And that is for texting only. And as time permits, uh, we will go to those text questions and answer those text questions. So I'd love to be able uh, to to, uh, answer any questions you have in that way at texting at 720-336-0897. And even as you've heard some of the other guys that are hosting the show and Pastor Ed, as he hosts the show, put those two numbers in your your contacts and your favorites. And that way you can just... Pull it up and give us a call to be live on the air, 303-690-3000. I also want to just welcome all of you that are listening on the Hope FM radio network on the East Coast. You also can call it this time, that same number, 303-690-3000. It is a week delayed, the program, but would be happy to talk to you. We have more and more people that are calling from uh, like Maryland and Baltimore and New Jersey and from Pennsylvania. 
What a blessing to have you guys join us on Calvary Live, our brothers and sisters out on the East Coast. So I'd love to hear from you as well as you call in. So uh, 303-690-3000, lines are open. You guys make the show, and I'd love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. It's speaking about prayer requests, because I know that there are some of you that are out there listening that you really need prayer. You're going through just a difficult season. Maybe perhaps uh, you're going through a hard time, um, uh, you need direction, you need guidance, maybe you've experienced a loss. And and we want to be able to encourage you through prayer and uh, bring you comfort for those of you who are hurting, going through grief, uh, just to pray with you and to bless you in any way that we can. I want to remind you that the God, as Paul would write in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, um, or chapter 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, that he reminds us, and Paul is writing this, as he is pressed beyond measure. He's despaired even of life, just at the end of his rope. And he says that the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. And he desires to bring comfort to you, and he desires to hear from you, and he loves you, and we want to come together and just pray for you and with you in your time of need, and your um, time of of difficulty that you're going through. So be sure to call in, and uh, we'd love to be able to do that uh, for you. Let's go to phone lines to line one to Adam in Longmont. Adam, welcome to Calvary Live. Hello. How are you, Adam? I'm good. Just got a question for you. You bet. All right, so the Bible, first off, says that all sins can be forgiven, but sins spoken against the Holy Spirit will not be. Is that correct? The blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, is the one unforgivable sin. Awesome, okay. Um, Now... The Bible also says, however, that uh, I think it's in Revelations. Uh, it talks about the mark of the beast, and people will put the mark of the beast on their hand or in their forehead, and these people cannot and will not be saved. Um, if blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is the only sin that can't be forgiven, do you have, at least based on your knowledge, uh, the best possible way to explain that to me, how a supposed barcode or chip or symbol or sigil placed in your hand or forehead would be blaspheming yeah. the Holy Spirit, or is that just a different thing entirely? Well, I think that, I think that's a good question, um, Adam, because you read that, and actually you're making reference to Revelation chapter 14. And in chapter 14 of Revelation, there's a proclamation from three angels. One of the angels, you know, flies and says that Babylon has fallen, has fallen, the great city, because she has made um, all nations drink of the wine and the wrath of her fornication. Speaking about Babylon, the, mm-hmm. the falling of Babylon that you read about in chapter 17, the religious Babylon, chapter 18, commercial Babylon. Then this is where you're making reference. Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. Is that, it's okay. Oh, you still with me? Yeah. Yep. I almost then, dropped the phone. And, that's all right. And then 
a third angel. That's the second angel. Um, the first angel is going to give the everlasting gospel. Second angel talking about Babylon has fallen. Then the third angel followed them, verse 9 of chapter 14 of Revelation, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast in his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. That's that's pretty dramatic, isn't it? And yeah. That's, there will yeah, be it is. Peace. Yeah, and here's the thing, Adam. I think that it's more than just whatever the mark of the beast is, whether it's a chip in your hand or a bar cord, a card, what, uh, code, whatever. Um, the technology is there for um, that to take place. But you see, taking the mark of the beast is more than that. Taking the mark of the beast is identifying, I believe, the best I can answer to you with the beast, that they have rejected Jesus Christ, they have rejected God, they have aligned themselves to worship the beast, and here, if you take the mark of the beast, the warning is given, then there's no hope of salvation, is, is what is being told to them. So... It's equated with or goes along with blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. It's a rejection of Jesus Christ. And so the warning is given to those in the tribulation period. Do not identify with the beast. And I think that's the main thing. We hear a lot about the mark of the beast and what is it and what exactly is it and what technology. Is it a chip? Is it whatever it is? I think the main thing to remember is that the mark of the beast is saying, I align myself with this one, um, and I worship him, because what he is going to do, he does before this time, is he goes into the temple that's going to be rebuilt in Jerusalem, right? In Revelation chapters 11, 12, and 13, that's the middle of the tribulation period. He goes in, and as you move into chapter 13, that the world's going to worship the beast. We know from Second Thessalonians chapter 2, that he's going to set himself up as God to be worship of God in the temple of God is what Paul writes. So those who take the mark of the beast are going to be associating themselves with worshiping the beast, giving themselves and their lives over to the beast to worship him. And I think that's why chapter 14 gives that um, judgment there of those who take the mark of the beast. So that's the best that I can answer for you, Adam. But, that, actually, um, that actually makes a lot of sense, like more, and yeah. I hope it makes a lot of sense for others, too, because, um, you know, thinking of this mark as a physical thing that exists in principle, something that you can put on you or take and be with, um, that, that seems too minute to actually absolutely destroy any salvation you could have. So I would understand why it's not a physical thing and more of a... Um, allegiance thing, something to take yeah. in your hand or your forehead, the actual thing or chip or barcode or whatever it could be, isn't necessarily the issue, it's what it would represent. And I guess that's yeah. why that would make sense, why that right. would actually, you know, because the Bible, uh, Jesus would forgive everything, but the only thing right. that can be forgiven is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. So if by and, taking this number, you basically say, I'm done with you, that, that would make sense. Yeah. And, you know, Adam, you kind of bring up a good point that um, a secondary follow through on this, because 
when we witness to others and those of you who are listening out there, um, sometimes when people will ask, well, you know, what's this rapture of the church? What's the end times? What's this Antichrist? Adam, is kind of interesting that even non-Christians, they know about the Antichrist. They've heard oh, of yeah. that term. But here's the thing. Sometimes I have gotten a response. I don't know if you ever have, but maybe some of our listeners have, that, well, I'll take my chances. I'll see if the rapture happens, if, you know, this Antichrist rises up and all of this. Uh, a couple things to think about. Um, you know, the, the Antichrist is going to heavily persecute those who do not make their allegiance to him. And that's what Revelation chapter 12 talks about. He goes after the woman. Um, the woman is speaking of Israel and gave birth to the Messiah. And there's going to be, um, at that time, as Jesus said, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet, then flee. Um, he's going to begin to, as he proclaims himself as God, because that's he's going to be under the direct control of Satan. as something that Satan has always wanted to be worshipped. That's why he rebelled. He wanted to be like God, sit upon the throne of God, be worshipped as God. So, at that time, there's going to be, it's going to be difficult, and the tribulation saints and the Jews are going to be heavily persecuted. So, I always tell people, listen, pray about this, because when the tribulation comes, there's going to be some really tough decisions to make. And, um, and, yeah. and, and you know that that all answers that, and that's actually all very wonderful. I appreciate it. That answers all my questions for that. Yeah. However, I do just have one uh, tiny, just one tiny little thing. Um, what? You know, with you know, uh, in, in, a, in accordance with like the tribulations and such. Um. Well, I mean, Daniel slay the giant and did many great things, and Samson slayed a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. But the Bible also says. If a man strikes you, turn your head and let him turn your face and let him strike you seven more times. Can you right. explain to me, or, or not even explain? Just tell me, is it okay for a Christian to physically defend themselves and maybe even take the life of someone else that's out to harm them, or is it yeah. actually recommended to do nothing? Yeah, and and that is the debate among the you know the Christians because you know in the Old Testament um, we see that you know Don't kill um, we. Yeah, well, we see in the Old Testament war, we see that in the New Testament, Jesus comes along and says, love your enemies. Um, you know, if one strikes you in the cheek, turn the other cheek. Um, I don't see, you know, there's a, a verse that, and I have to find it, um, that when they were going to go to the garden, Jesus, you know, uh, said, what do we have? And one of the disciples says, we have two swords. I don't think that the Bible um, isn't real specific about this, Adam. Um, for me, I feel like that I have the right to defend myself. Um, the Bible and does not call me. Yeah, and my family. And I'm going to. Um, and, you know, we have, we know that those who are peace officers are, are given to us uh, for good. So it speaks of that. But when it comes to the citizen, it's a little bit, a little bit quiet. The scriptures are. I don't think Jesus is saying turn the other cheek that you just let somebody come and do whatever they want to and beat you. Uh, I don't think it's right for anybody to go through physical abuse, uh, a wife, a children. The Bible doesn't speak of that at all. He's called us to peace and not to bondage. 
So for me, my conviction is that I feel that that I can um, defend myself and defend my family. Um, I am going to tell the one who's going under physical abuse, um, you know, any kind of sexual abuse, anything like that, to get out of that situation. Um, that's not, I think, if you say turn the other cheek or anybody teaches, that means let anybody do to you what they want. I think that's really missing the context of what Jesus is saying. So and, would you say that that, so the best way to sum that up is um, definitely protect those that are weaker than you and definitely, you know, don't just let someone take your life. It's not their life. It's not your life to just give uh, away and it's not their life to take, but just have a very high boiling point. Yeah, and, you know, James talks about, if I can find it in James, again, there isn't a direct that, you know, I can think of right now that I can tell you, but he talks about that we are defend orphans, um, and that's our ministry. We are to to do those things um, and um, to stand in the gap, the Bible talks about, is what we're to do. Um, and we are to uh, be ones that minister to those who are weaker than than we are. So um, for me, I have the peace that I can defend myself, I can defend my family, and um, and there's nothing in Scripture that says I have to let somebody um, come along. Now, that doesn't mean I won't be persecuted. You know, we got Christians that are being persecuted for their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So there's a lot of debate in that, Adam, and there's a lot of strong opinions on that. So, um, oh, I live next to you. Go. Trust me, I know. And I just live next <laughs> to people in general that are very loving and kind. And yeah, a lot of people, exactly. a lot of people, whether you're from Boulder or from Kentucky or Texas or Canada, it doesn't matter. A lot of people will say, "Nope, no matter what, don't kill anyone. No matter what, you're a pacifist." And you know, and, the, and I won't understand, but that's okay. But anyway, yeah. thank you so much for answering my question. Hey. I need my wife on the other line. She's been trying to get a hold of me, um, and I think that someone else probably has a nice question for you. Thank you so much for your time, All and right. thank you Thanks. very much. Thanks, brother. Thanks for right, your bye. question. All right, bye-bye. All right, difficult answer to a difficult question. So let's go on, 303-690-3000. Let's go to line two to Eric in Maryland. Uh, Eric? Hi, how are you today? Good, how are you doing? Uh, I'm okay uh, for the most part. I've just uh, I, I spoke with a gentleman earlier. I've been struggling with uh, the past couple of years. I've developed uh, an arrhythmia, a, a really bad irregular heartbeat that uh, they've tried to treat with medication, and uh, I'm not really getting anywhere with it. So it's it's kind of a constant daily struggle, uh, and uh, I'm hoping I don't have to get a surgery. They're they're talking. That's what they're recommending at this point. But I'm. You know, praying every day, and my wife's praying that maybe there'll be some <clears throat> relief to this, and and maybe a miracle of sorts would, uh, you know, uh, abate this situation because uh, the surgeries, you know, they're they're kind of risky, and uh, you know, I might end up if it doesn't work, then I might end up with a pacemaker, and I'm 52 years old, and I got a two and a half year old daughter that, you know, it, it just pains me that at times I can't. Uh, you know, seem to keep up because of my heart. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's absolutely. Just, uh, it's quite, yeah. uh, you know, it's basically, it's it's really demoralizing. <laughs> I'm a very active mm-hmm. person. I've played sports my whole life, raced motocross, 
uh, surfing everything and then to basically get the sales taken right out of, you know the wind taken out of your sails like this you know I'm just uh, I, I'm really struggling with it okay well let's pray and I appreciate you calling for prayer and all of us that are listening let's join in and pray for Eric his father we just pray for Eric out on the east coast of Maryland you know who he is you know, his heart, his condition of his heart, his physical condition. Lord, I just pray that you would touch and bring healing to to just strengthen his heart to where he doesn't have to have surgery. Lord, I pray that, um, that you would make his heart strong, his uh, young children. I pray that, um, that it would go to where um, there's a regular heartbeat, there's strength. Uh, the heart is doing what it's supposed to do. Lord, I pray for wisdom for Eric. I pray for peace for him. And as we pray for healing, Lord, I also pray that whatever happens, whatever steps come, that he would just trust you, that he would look to you and rest in your love. And Lord, take care of him, take care of his family. Uh, we pray that the surgery, that's our desire, that's what we come with request, because as your children, we can come to you, and we can ask for healing. You're the God who heals in all circumstances uh, uh, that may come up. There's, In other words, nothing too difficult for you to heal, and w- whether you choose to heal, Lord, we trust you. And I just ask for, Lord, your touch upon him, upon his heart physically and also upon his heart spiritually that lord that he would have the peace that passes understanding in in this time and we ask this in jesus name amen uh, hey eric we'll be thank, praying thank for you thank you so much i really appreciate you bet. it big time you bet <clears throat> god bless you bless you uh, i love your program i listen to you guys every day absolutely good god All bless right. you Okay, keep us in touch, okay? Take care, thank you. All right. Uh Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You may have prayer for physical needs or uh, direction or whatever the case may be. I'd love to pray with you and encourage you in any way that we can. The number to call is 303-690-3000. All lines are open and would love to talk and converse with you about the things of the Lord. There is a means for you to text as well, 720-336-0897 if you want to send a text, and we'll go to those in just a minute if we are uh, continuing to have open lines. Um, I just, um, you know, we're talking with Adam about the whole thing about um, self-defense and and all of that. You know, Christians have different uh, convictions on that, and um, and that's something to take to the Lord. And, um, you know, something in this day and age that we think a lot about, especially in our society, uh, where we're hearing about, um, you know, the violence that's out there and, and all kinds of crazy things that take place, and it weighs on our minds. Uh, but it's something that certainly you want to take to the Lord and pray, and uh, something that um, that are a lot of strong thoughts on that, and um, so I just wanted to kind of add that as well, uh, that you want to have a piece about what the Lord is showing you and what he is uh, speaking to your heart as well when it comes to all of those things. 303-690-3000. We'd love to invite you out to Calvary Chapel Greeley on Wednesday night. One of the things that I've been emphasizing, and actually there's been a good response to it, is we have a Wednesday night service, and uh, we meet at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. We're going through the book of a 
Ecclesiastes, and we're going to finish that book, and then we'll be in the book of Song of Solomon or the Song of Songs. You know, Solomon wrote over a thousand songs. A thousand and four, I believe, is what First Kings chapter four tells us. And uh, this is the Song of Songs, and so it's just a wonderful book for us to go through. So come join us, especially perhaps uh, as you are going camping for the weekend. It's summertime now uh, here in Colorado, and I'm sure it's the same way on the East Coast. People like to get out and do some camping, get away, go to the mountains, go to a lake, uh, do some fishing. And Wednesday night's a very good option for you to be able to stay in fellowship, to be in church. We have a nursery and children's ministry. We have middle schoolers that meet and high schoolers that meet. And so it's a big part of our weekly schedule. So come out and join us at 7 o'clock. And of course, on Sunday, we had a great Sunday with Father's Day. Uh, again, to remind all the fathers out there, we are praying for you. And um, and we are uh, desiring to uh, continue to encourage all the fathers out there in their ministry uh, to their children. So 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock. CalvaryChapelGreeley.com is the website to check out uh, where we're located and other things that are taking place here during the summer. Stampede is going to start this week here in Greeley for you along the Front Range in Colorado. And a lot of you come up for the Greeley Stampede. Hey, I'd love to meet you. I'd love for you to come out on Wednesday night or Sunday morning if you're coming up for the day, for the evening, and uh, say hello to us uh, here at the church. Well, let's go back to our lines Let's go to line one to Katie in Greeley. Katie? Hi, Pastor. How are you? Well, I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing good. Good, good. I have a quick question. Um, I hear often when people say that um, believing in Jesus, once we trust in Him, we have eternal life. And Mm -hmm. I wonder if it would be a true statement that if we don't believe in Jesus, we would have eternal life in hell as well. Well, it's kind of what... Eternity either way, right? Yeah, we're all going to move on into eternity, is what the Scripture teaches very clearly. And the question is, is what's going to be your address? Is it going to be heaven? And when Jesus talks about, you know, as he said in John chapter 3, that... God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He, of course, is speaking about that everlasting life in heaven with the Lord. That's the promise of those who come to faith in Jesus Christ. But we also know that Jesus talked a lot about eternal separation from the Lord, um, and uh, that is something that is real, and that is for those who have rejected Jesus Christ. Um, so... Um, you know, it's it's a matter of, and, and here's the thing, Katie, because we know that there are those who are out there that believe, well, maybe there isn't a, a hell. Uh, mm-hmm. There's been some popular Christian writers, and I use that term loosely, Christian writers, because they're teaching false doctrine. Uh, mm-hmm. They they say, like, um, Rob Bell, you know, love wins, and there really is no hell. And um, so there are Christians that are reading things like that, um, that are believing that there is no hell, or there are those who hold to the doctrine of um, annihilation, that the non-believers, when they die, that they simply cease to exist, their spirit, everything. And that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches very clearly that there will be a judgment, and there will be even a resurrection uh, of those 
who are non-believers. Jesus even spoke about it in John's Gospel. Uh, he said that there will be those who believe in me will come to the resurrection and life, and those who do not believe in me to the resurrection um, that will be separated from him. And so we need to take the words of Jesus. Jesus actually talked more about hell than he did about yeah. um, about heaven. So those are things that um, are given to us in God's word. So everybody's going to move on to eternity, uh, whether it is with the Lord. Um, he says, John chapter 5 is that reference, Katie. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. And so, two, two you know, um, places there. Heaven, and then the place of judgment, condemnation, the lake of fire. So, good question, Katie. We're going to go to a break. Appreciate you calling. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Have a blessed evening. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live on this Tuesday afternoon. It's so good to be with you. I am Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, and I am in studio ready to take your call at 303-690-3000. Give me a call. We have open lines. I'd love to talk with you and to converse with you, answer questions uh, maybe that your Bible reading has brought up. Uh, Maybe you have questions about Christian living or current events, how we as a Christian should be living or respond to the things that are around us uh, that we see in the world. I'll try to do my best to just encourage you and bring you God's Word and truth to you. And that's what this program is about, to encourage you to search the Scriptures, for us to search the Scriptures together. Maybe you have prayer requests. We have prayed for uh, those on the show already that uh, had physical uh, prayer needs, and and maybe you have that. Maybe you need uh, prayer for just God's touch on your body. Maybe you need God's wisdom, direction, comfort. We're here to pray with you and bless you in any way that that we can. Let's go to line two, the Jordan in Denver. Jordan? Hello? You with us, Jordan? Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm driving over the Rockies in a big rig, so I apologize for the uh, Bluetooth. But uh, oh, I had a question no, about good. prayer. Um, uh-huh. So uh, long and the short of it really is, is uh, I'm used to praying to God, but, uh, you know, Jesus completely um, showed himself to me on a Saturday night after facing my own mortality this past month. So um the thing is i'm a brand new christian right here right now like three days old you know and um now i'm not sure how to address um my higher power jesus and in and in prayer what's your suggestion my friend you know that's such a good question and what a blessing to know that you're a new christian and um and that you've come to him and put your faith and trust in him for salvation and forgiveness of sin but also uh, what it means jordan is that you now have relationship with the Father that only comes through Jesus Christ. 
So the disciples in the Gospels came to Jesus and said, teach us to pray. And so Jesus said, pray in this manner. He said, our Father. And that's one of the things that I want to just encourage you. You now have relationship with the Father because you are forgiven. The Bible says that you're an adopted son that can cry out, Abba, Father, which literally means Papa, and you can go to the Father. So you pray to the Father, and you're praying in the name of Jesus Christ. That's, that's a good model for you. And um, so hopefully you can hear me. I'm getting a little bit of background noise from you. And, uh, yeah, sorry, engine brakes, etc. I apologize. No, you're good. I just want you to hear me because it's such a good question. And... You know, so you pray to the Father in the name of Jesus Christ uh, because He's the one that has brought you into reconciliation now with the Father. You have relationship with Him and the Son. And then also the Holy Spirit plays a role in helping you to pray, to direct you, to guide you. So keep your prayer life simple, okay? Um, Right now, Jordan, just tell Him what's on your heart. Go to your father and say, Father, here are my desires. Here's my needs. Help me to learn of you. I want to know you. And um, here are my wants. Here's my um, you know, request. And just go to the Lord and share your heart with him. And, um, and then you pray in Jesus' name. And that's a good prayer uh, model for you um, because okay. now you have a relationship with him. I don't know if that helps. Yeah, because like when I've been praying since since uh, Saturday night, it's been like a hey God Jesus um, sort of. Then I just say what's on my mind, you know. So I'm a bit baffled how to address the whole thing because I'm used to inviting God into everywhere I go, but now that um, the connection with Jesus has happened and it makes so much more sense and light and that's in my heart is indescribable. So I'm trying to figure out how to incorporate all this brand new, new. Uh, um, I think that's freedom. so cool. So, I think that's um, so, so cool, Jordan. Yeah. So it's in Father's name. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, how'd, how'd you say it again? You just pray to your Heavenly Father. You know, Father, right. here I am. And then you pray in Jesus' name because our access to the Father is through Jesus. You know, there are people who say, Jordan, that I pray to a higher power, I pray to God. Well, Jesus said this in John's Gospel that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So he is your access to the Father. You are a child of God because you've been forgiven because of what Jesus did on the cross. He rose from the grave, and now you just go to your Father, and you pray in Jesus' name. All right? Okay, cool. I really appreciate it because it's pretty spectacular. Hey. It has to go on its own, so it's hey, pretty incredible you, stuff. You, Thank you. Yeah, it is incredible stuff. Keep learning. Keep growing in the Word. Keep praying. The Lord's going to honor your heart as you do that. All right? I appreciate you taking my call. You have a good one. All right, you be careful driving. All right, God bless Jordan. What a uh, just a blessing to hear a brand new believer wanting to know how to pray, um, wanting to know you know um, these things, and it's exciting to those of you who are young in the Lord. You get to learn this, and that's what being a Christian. It's not about just religion. Um, it's about relationship with with the one who sent his son to die for you. Uh, relationship with the true and the living God and, and to learn of him and to know him, to walk with him, to enjoy him. And that's what my prayer is, that you enjoy him um, as you just converse with him. And having a prayer life 
is so important and have an attitude of prayer, just giving your heart to him, bringing your supplications to him. Prayer is so vital. It's um, for the Christian life. Uh, being in the word and prayer and uh, desiring to know him is the most important thing. So, Jordan, keep keep at it. Keep close to the Lord. Keep learning. Keep praying to the Lord. Let's go to line three to Vincent in Denver. Vincent, how are you? Yes, I'm good. How are, how are you, sir? Pastor? Good. What can we do for you? Good. Um, I have a question for you. Um, and the context is uh, my wife and I have been attending a church for a couple of years now, and um, I guess you could say over time the pastor's kind of declarative statements have gotten a little bit questionable for us, and um, my question is in regards to the translation of the Bible called the Mirror Translation. Um, I don't know if... Uh, I, I wanted to see if you had any knowledge um, or opinions on it. Um, our pastor pulls from it quite often, and um, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I definitely want to you know, do some research on it and really test and um, see if that is an appropriate version that I should be uh, you know, being imparted to with or consider, you know, even sticking around listening to. Um, and so I just wanted to see if you had any knowledge on it. You know, I don't. As a matter of fact, this is the first time I've heard of it. You know, I'm holding in front of me, um, you know, a little, uh, uh, it's actually a kind of a long pamphlet. Uh, if you fold it out, it's about five feet long from Rose Publishing. Of all the different uh, Bible translations that are out there, and it gives uh, some information on King James Version, American Standard Version, Revised Standard, Amplified Bible, New Jerusalem, New American, it goes on and on, New International, New King James, front and back, and it does not have mirror um, Bible. So I don't know anything about it. You'll have to research it. it. It Does it seem like... Most Bibles, they're either a word-for-word translation or a thought-for-thought or um, not even a thought-for-thought. Sometimes, uh, for example, um, like the message, um, it's more of a, uh, I don't know, uh, it's more of a, uh, um, you know, not even a a thought-for-thought. It just, I don't know what it is. Right. yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I would honestly correlate it to the message, it's, I think the author's name is, it's like a French name, like Francois or mm-hmm. something like that, but, um, it's just really caused a stirring in my heart and some of my family's, um, starting right. to question it, and, you know, we love the church, we trust our pastor, and, uh, you know, there's so many spirit-filled elders, uh, who sure. love God, you know, and we can... We trust them, and you know we've we've been ministered to by them, and we know we know they love the Lord truly. And uh, same with our pastors, and we're just really in a difficult spot right now uh, because understand. you know we don't want to be led astray. And you know, my wife and I um, just had a daughter, and you know, I want to do what's best for my family, and yes. um, not allowing some sort of corrupted or. Um, you know, compromise spirit into our family. Um, so I don't know. I guess I'm just seeking a little bit of counsel on that, and right, um, before right. we and, make a pretty big decision, we're pretty integrated in the church. So yeah, and it is a big decision. And first of all, what I would do is talk to your pastor why he uses that 
version, okay? Do some mm-hmm. research on it. Any concern that you have. For me, this is this is me. Um, it's important that for me, I believe it's important for any pastor to use a good word-for-word translation. We are told to do that. We are told to, you know, Paul was talking to Timothy, and I'm going to give you this verse um, in Second uh, Timothy, and you probably know the verse, that he talks a lot about Timothy, be sure to teach the Word of God. And, um, and he says, let me find it yeah. for you, Second Timothy chapter 2, I believe. He says, be diligent to present yourselves, this is chapter 2, verse 15, approve to God a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I think it's awfully hard to rightly divide the word of truth if you just got this, you know, um, thought yeah. or, you know, just, just it's not even a, a translation. Um, for me, I use the New King James Version. There are others that use it. King James, there's others that use other word-for-word translations, and I think that's important, first of all, for a pastor to teach his congregation in that way. So that's your first consideration. So this mirror, you know, Bible, and I'll have to do some research on it myself now that I've heard about it, um, ask him why he's using it, and, um, and then for me, the priority is for me and my family um, that, that we are in a church that is being taught, rightly dividing the word of truth. And that can only be done through a good translation of the Bible and one who is serious about Bible study. So talk to your pastor about it as you make this decision. Um, you know, just share your heart with him. Do some research on it. And, um, you know, share you know, Second Timothy with him. Uh, but a pastor must be able to teach. For me, it's very important that, um, that it's done through a good translation. Right. And I think what my dilemma is, is that he does teach from, um, I think it is like the New King James Version, but he'll kind of good. dip into other versions, which is, you know, it's good to hear different uh, translations yeah, sure. of the word, not to really get around it context if you can't really understand the King James Version or something, but um, he teaches from it quite often, and it's just, it's just caused a stirring in my heart, so I guess yeah, maybe yeah. if we could just get some prayer and... You know, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'll sometimes quote from another version um, that maybe give you a little bit understanding, but it still needs to be a word for word translation or, you know, you know, sometimes get a little bit on slippery slope. But I think the New King James can be understood. I've been teaching from the New King James for 21 years now. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I think you can bring clarity and understanding. So I would talk to him and certainly pray for you. Let's do that now, Vincent. As Father, I pray for sure. him. As This is stirring in his heart. He wants to grow in the Word of God, um, and uh, he loves his church. He cares for his pastor. He cares for those in it. They're integrated in the church. Being a part of a body of believers is such, such a tremendous blessing. And so I pray that you would help him um, in you know, this situation is his heart is stirred. To be able to, to honestly talk to his pastor, share with him, um, get some information on this translation uh, that I don't know anything about. But, Lord, also just to be able to share with his pastor what's on his heart. So I pray that you would just give him a peace 
and that, Lord, that you would guide him, give him wisdom concerning decisions that he has to make for his family and where they're going to be and uh, whether they stay or whatever the situation may bring to them. And we just pray that um, you would be giving them direction in everything. In Jesus' name, mm-hmm. amen. Amen. Hey, Vincent, be, pr- awesome. be praying for you, bro. So Awesome. Thank you, Pastor. I really appreciate it. You have a wonderful day. You too. God bless you. All right. Bye-bye. All right. We got some time left on the show. Love to hear from you. 303-690-3000. You know, it is very important that uh, the teaching of the Word of God comes from a good translation, word-for-word translation, and and um, other translations can be brought up uh, for um, maybe just to give um, just a little bit of addition to or uh, come alongside of is more what I want to say of what's being said in the text to give a little bit of clarity and understanding. But we want to rightly divide the word of truth and have a good translation as we study the Bible. Let's go to line two to Stephanie in Denver. Stephanie? Hello. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing okay. <laughs> what can we do for you? Well, I have a prayer request. Tomorrow morning, I'm supposed to go into the hospital and have a high-risk procedure done and okay. stay overnight and everything. And I've had it done before. It wasn't high-risk when I had it done last time, but I don't know. For some reason, this one's just really bothering me, and I know I'm supposed to relax and get a good night's rest and everything, and it's just mm-hmm. yeah. a little anxious. We're going <laughs> to pray for you, and we're going to pray for God's peace. And he says in Philippians, Paul says, um, that we are to pray um, and be anxious for nothing, but through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be known to God, and the peace of God that passes understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And that's why I'm going to pray, that, that Lord, this is high risk. I don't know what the results are going to be. I don't know what tomorrow holds. But, Stephanie, you know who holds tomorrow, and that's the Lord. Yeah. And he has you in his hand, and he desires to bring you a peace that passes understanding. And that's what we're going to pray for. Is Father, I pray for Stephanie. I thank you that she called. And and uh, I pray f- that you just be with her tonight to get a good night's sleep. That she, as she gives this to you, and as we together, those of us who are listening, come and we give this to you. Um, we pray, first of all, um, that you would touch her body, there be healing. Uh, it, we lift this request to you, the great physician, that, Lord, that Um, she would be well. And Lord, that um, we just ask more than anything for Stephanie that she would sense your peace that passes understanding as we give this supplication request to you. And we also give it with thanksgiving as Paul writes in Philippians that you're the one that loves us and your promises are true. Stephanie belongs to you and um, she commits all this to you. So, Father, just be with her. Show yourself strong on her behalf. Bring healing to her. Bring peace to her. Bring your promises to her that you desire to give to her. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Stephanie, I'll be praying for you tonight. And I'll be praying for you tomorrow. Okay? I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Okay, thank thank you for calling. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. 
303-690-3000. We have some open lines. We haven't gone to any of the text questions. I uh, have one that came in. It's a good question. It said, what's the difference between the parable of the talents in Matthew's gospel and the parable of the minus in Luke's gospel or the parable of the pounds in Luke's gospel? It's a good question, and there is some similarities in those two parables. Uh, One um, uh, is that Jesus is talking about us being good stewards for him. There are some differences in the parable of the talents in Matthew's gospel, uh, talents is a measure of money. It's worth several years' wages is what it is. And to one was given uh, five talents uh, in Matthew chapter 25. One was given uh, you know, three ta- uh, two talents. One was given one talent. So they were given different amounts of talents. And as I turn to it, I'll read it to you that uh, he gave one five talents, other two, the other one, to each according to his own ability. So the talents there that many believe um, is um, speaking of your gifts, your abilities, the gifts that God has given to you. And then to invest that, being a good steward of it, uh, we see that uh, they were to give an account uh, to the master who went to a far country. That's where it's similar with the parable of the minus. Now, in the parable of the minus, the nobleman, the one who went to a far country to receive a kingdom, he gave ten of his servants, each one mina, the same amount. And that speaks of the gospel. And then when he came back, they were to give an account. And so the servants that invested were told, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you rule over many. In the parable of the minus, uh, he told them, you'll rule over ten cities and over five cities. But the bottom line is this, that Jesus is telling us that we are to be good stewards of what has been entrusted to us, whether it's the gifts, the parable of the talents and abilities that he's given to you, or whether you've been, all of us have, the gospel, each of us have been entrusted with the gospel. I believe that's why in that parable that they were given the same amount. But we are to uh, be good stewards of the oracles of God, is what Paul writes, uh, the gospel message. We have been entrusted with the gospel. Uh, Peter talks about in First Peter chapter 4 uh, that we're to be good stewards of the gifts uh, that he has given to us, the spiritual gifts that he has um, given to each one that we can Uh, minister in the body of Christ. In Luke chapter 16, he talks about being a good steward of the resources that we have. So the bottom line is Jesus is coming back. And what we do now with what has been entrusted to us, listen, is very important relative to the future. There's going to be rewards that are going to be given to us. So we will, according to Romans chapter 14 and 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Stand before the Bema reward seat of Jesus Christ to be receiving rewards what we've done in the body, whether good or bad. Now, it's not talking about salvation because we cannot earn salvation. That is a free gift that comes through faith alone. But with that said, what we do now uh, speaks a whole lot to what is going to be entrusted to us when we come to rule and reign with Jesus Christ. We're not going to be sitting on a cloud, twiddling our thumbs, being bored up in heaven, 
don't think of a Hollywood version of of heaven. Uh, we are going to rule and reign with him. Revelation chapter 5, the song of the church, that he has redeemed us out of every tribe, tongues, peoples, and nations, and he has redeemed us with his blood, and we are a kingdom of priests, and we are going to come and reign with him. And when he comes to establish the kingdom, we'll be reigning over ten cities, five cities, according to the stewardship that has been entrusted to us. So it's talking about rewards. And I long to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. And I long to hear uh, you, uh, hear, you know, for you to be told the same thing, um, that well done, good and faithful servant. And uh, so that's a little bit of difference, but a lot of the lessons that are being told, what you do now for Christ is what's going to last and have um, uh, important implications for what we do when, you know, we come and rule and reign with Christ. Uh, the rewards that we receive that will last for all eternity. Well, let's go to line one to Jerome in Aurora. Jerome? Hey. Yes, sir. How are you? Uh, doing pretty good. How about you? I'm good. Cool. Um, my question is uh, just uh, really simple, um, I guess, uh, really basic, is um, what is the differences between um, Christian beliefs and uh, Jehovah's Witnesses' beliefs? Um, big, you know, at work, uh, I do construction, so, you know, a lot of uh, different people, and I just met this young man, and, you know, he's a Jehovah's Witness, and, you know, we were kind of getting into some basic conversations, and um, I never did a study of that or really read up on it, so, you know, I just want to know uh, just kind of the basic uh, differences. Yeah, and there is a big difference, because the Jehovah Witnesses, um, when we talk about a cult, uh, there's some general characteristics of cults like Jehovah Witnesses and Mormons. One of the characteristics is they will deny the divinity, the deity of Jesus Christ. So the Jehovah Witnesses don't believe that Jesus is God, the second person of the Trinity. They they deny the Trinity. Um, they believe, Jehovah Witnesses, that Jesus is not Jehovah God. He is the first and only direct creation of God. And... Um, the agent through which Jehovah made all other things. The second um, characteristic is they believe, oftentimes like Jehovah Witnesses and Mormons, that Jesus was created. Um, there's references to Jehovah Witnesses believing that Jesus is Michael the Archangel. Um, the Mormons believe that Jesus is the firstborn among the spirit children between God the Father and God the Mother. So they deny yeah. the eternal existence of Jesus. They deny the deity of Jesus. And then um, they usually will put on conditions of salvation. The Bible teaches that we are saved by faith alone in Jesus Christ. The Jehovah Witnesses will come along and say, well, the true followers are known by the worship of a true and almighty God, Jehovah, um, and um, it's a part of their church, the uh, Mormons, who are the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We have the true gospel, the true priesthood. We have another you know, testimony of Jesus Christ. Uh, we have, um, if you belong to our church, and um, you go through you know, the beliefs of the Mormons, be baptized, uh, married in the temple, then you can progress in heaven. So there's a lot of different uh, thoughts on salvation, eternity, that you can read about. Um, 
the, the Jehovah Witnesses uh, believe Jesus, um, uh, they deny the physical resurrection, um, but they believe it was a mighty spirit creature that rose. Um, and they also, the second coming of Jesus was an invisible spiritual presence that began in 1914. So there's all these different things that Jehovah Witnesses yeah. But here's here's the bottom line. You always test everything by the Word of God. And mm-hmm. one of the characteristics of the cults is they believe in a different Jesus. They preach a different Jesus. Uh, the uh, Jehovah Witnesses are famous for misquoting John chapter 1, verse 1. Yeah. To deny. Yeah, that. You've, yeah, you've probably heard of that. And yeah. For the sake of. Yeah. So. They do that to deny the deity of Jesus Christ is what they do. And, yeah, uh, and and uh, I I had a uh, you know brought that scripture to attention, and we just had a few minutes to talk. And right. he said, you know, to look up the the root word of you know God was you know the word, and God was with you know, and and you know that was his kind of you know way of uh, kind of you know like you say getting getting out of believing in the the deity or the Trinity. And, um, you know, I did that before, and, you know, I just wanted to kind of know what, you know, I was, you know, getting ready to uh, get myself into uh, with these conversations. And, you know, I just wanted to kind of know, you know, the three yeah. things I should really be reading upon and, uh, you know, uh, uh, learning. A, dif- a different Jesus, a different Jesus. They denied the, you know, the eternal existence of Jesus. And then when it comes to salvation, uh, you got to belong to our group, you know. Um, you got to work for it. Uh, you got to earn it, and all this. Those are the main things. But it do you good to do some reading on it. Ron Rhodes has some good books on it. Um, Kingdom of the Colts, Walter Martin. So I'll be praying for you. You present yes, Jesus you. to him. Okay. Hey, thanks for calling, everybody. Thanks for calling in. Great show today. Have a great evening. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.